Hey listeners, welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Alana, ADHD life coach and social worker. I figured out how to manage my ADHD and now I help others do the same through my content on Instagram, through this podcast, and through online ADHD resources. I just released a brand new masterclass all about motivation to help you understand how to manage your motivation with an ADHD brain. Difficulty with motivation is one of the most common challenges that I work on with my one-on-one clients, and I'm so excited to get this information out to more of you. So I'll leave that link in the description notes, and I hope to see you in there. Thank you guys for being here, and I hope you like this episode. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining the Absolutely ADHD Podcast. Oh my God, I am so excited right now. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I was so excited for this. I feel like I have your little um, intro of like, do you have ADHD? Like lives in my head rent free. <laughs> oh my God. It haunts my dreams, honestly. When I... <laughs> it's so good though. It sticks. It's memorable. Like it always, every time I hear that, I'm like, that's mad. I just know Aww. it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, so thanks so much for joining. I'm really excited to have you on here and to kind of share a little bit about your experience with ADHD. Your content is just amazing. I love everything you put out there. And I know that you have a really inspiring story. And so I'm just kind of excited to hear what you have to share and tell our listeners some of what you've gone through with ADHD and how you've gone to become what you are today. Oh my gosh. So my ADHD journey, it started basically at the time when a lot of like, you know, it's the generic male story, which is something that I like to talk about. I got diagnosed when I was 12 years old um, in the early 2000s. And back when ADHD was in the early 2000s, that was right when people started knowing about ADHD, but had no idea what to do about it. So of course, I was the kid that, you know, when they were diagnosing me, they were sitting there with a slingshot, just getting ready to fire medication into my mouth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got no information. My parents got no no outlets to go to. There were no websites, barely anything at the time in the early 2000s anyways. Um, But there was a big lack of information and they just said, take this medication and then he can go and play out with his friends. So Mm -hmm. that's what my parents made me do. And it it became really, really difficult because ADHD was still known as that disabled kid disorder. And I got thrown into special education and, you know, they, they gave me all of the fine accommodations that you give, which is a laptop, which of course, what I did as a 12 year old kid with ADHD is I loaded Starcraft on it, never paid attention to school again. Why would you? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's uh it became really, really difficult because my parents only ever knew that medication was the option. And when I was a kid, the, the difficulty that I was introduced to was every time that I showed more symptoms of ADHD, my parents thought, okay, we better up the dosage. And I had a psychologist that was really cool about that to the point where the biggest part of my story is I talk about, I was on as high as double the legal limit of ADHD medication. I was on 90 uh-huh. milligrams of Adderall. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it And what this did as a neurologically altering medication, this made me insanely anxious. It gave me horrible acne issues. I, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I had all these things, but I was paying attention in class and that's all my parents saw. And I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to, you, you know, portray my feelings. And it led to a really difficult teenage uh, introduction to my teenage years, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the thing, like I... I feel like that's also so common and just that when we like medication is really just for a while, like that's kind of all that was known. And then there was this whole gap of like, well, no one's even having that conversation of like, what is ADHD? Like I kind of, that's, I, I totally relate to that. And that's, 
you know, why partly like why I'm doing this. And I'm excited to hear how you got into this too, because it is, it's just like that there's this whole gap, but yeah. And the people who love us, like they're going to listen to the professionals and everything. And if that's the main thing, that's just, you know, using to address it, then that's kind of all we had. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's funny being a content creator now, the amount of people that go, where was this information 20 years ago? And I, I sometimes feel like a jerk when I when I say it to people, but I kind of go, it wasn't there. Like, it's not even the fact that I wasn't there to share it, it's that it wasn't there. Most people don't realize like the relevant ADHD information that's out there today has been relevant since about 2016. Hasn't even yeah. been 10 years. And we want all professionals, all practitioners, all clinicians to understand this stuff. When in reality, nobody realizes the severity of ADHD yet, even to this day, which is why I, I love that it's trending across the world right now, because it's yeah. finally getting the attention that it deserves. Yeah, totally. No, it's all so new. It's so new. And I wanted to talk about that too, because I saw your post about, you know, the fact that this is one of the most fast growing like areas online and everything. And that's freaking awesome. Like yeah. what is the problem with that and helping people understand their mental health and people understand all this stuff that's going on. And I think a lot of people with ADHD just feel like it's this like overall cloud of just like a lot of things that like intertwine and are overwhelming and are frustrating. And it's like, what do we even do with that? How do we sift through it? And so if, if people online sharing all these different ways of like understanding that, like that's such a good thing. Yeah. You, you know, there, there's such a, there's a battle right now. And like, I, I have the, the pleasure and the privilege of working with so many amazing clinicians that are in this space. And it's so funny when I tell them, oh, I, I make videos on the internet, they instantly go, ah, oh, that's why he's here. They instantly dismiss all of my education, all of my everything, yeah. because they go, oh, he's one of those influencers. And there's, there's a battle right now of misinformation, but then also clinicians not on purpose gatekeeping the information, but they're sitting there going, you don't know, and none of the influencers know. When in reality, about 10% of the influencers know, which is why I kind of understand their point of view. Um, but there's a lot of people that are absolutely just Googling ADHD facts and then put the, putting them out online and calling themselves an advocate, calling themselves a professional. And the, the hope that I have is within a few years, people are really going to be able to see who is actually knowing their information, who yeah. isn't. And it's not to say like, it's not to invalidate those that are just trying to raise the awareness. Raising awareness is great. It's those that are trying to call themselves professionals and yeah. all that kind of stuff that is really difficult. And it is causing a lot of difficulty in the world right now. The amount of people that are saying, if you smell flowers and you like that smell, you have ADHD. And I'm like, come yeah. on. Come I on. know. Come on. Yeah, totally. And like helping people understand like how to, know where if their information's coming from a credible source and all that stuff because yeah there is a lot of people just putting that stuff out and we have to be able to kind of sift through it for ourselves and know like all right what 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 do we want to listen to what makes sense for us to kind of implement in our own life and everything but I totally interrupted so you were talking about you were in, into like talking about your teen years and stuff yeah um so a big part of my story that I had was I was introduced and this was no fault of anybody except for really like the time that I grew up in my opinion. But when I grew up, I was really introduced to the idea of take a pill. You're allowed to be social. You're allowed to be friends with people. You're allowed to do this. And I was introduced to that, like taking a substance to feel better is kind of okay. 
Now, for for someone like me, I grew up in a town of four thousand people. I went to a school of four hundred people. Um, like we really, it, it was not big. So as soon as you get diagnosed with anything, everyone knows about it. And I became the leper of my school. I became like, oh my god, there's a group project. Do not get Matt in the group. He has ADHD. He's going to lower our grade and all of this kind of crazy stuff. And it led me into such an isolated life. But what's interesting is when I got into my early teens, I, I discovered marijuana, I discovered alcohol very quickly, because when I drank it, people wanted to hang out with me. When I wanted to go out and smoke, when I wanted to go out and get some weed from someone, people wanted to hang out with me. And I kind of thought, well, I mean, this is already kind of what I do in order to be social. I take my pills, I, I take my amphetamines, I do whatever I have to do. And it works for me. And while I'm saying this in more of a positive light, obviously that was a very negative thought in my head growing up and it was very difficult, but I found my my abusive substances early and I find that that's such a common thing with children with ADHD right now because this is a very addictive disorder. When we are focusing on something, when we are dopamine depleted and we, we take something that gives us abnormal amounts of dopamine, oh my God, does it sound like a good idea? Absolutely. And, that's what started me down very, very rough roads in high school. And, uh, you know, early on after high school, uh, a big part of my story is I got into a lot more psychedelics very early on. Anything I could do to escape was something I absolutely loved. It was just life sucked. Life sucked. It was so friggin' hard and so difficult. And then I take this one pill and I just smile and dance. Like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to do because nobody told me anything was any better. My parents were even sitting there confirming with me, yeah, I mean, you have ADHD, so you might as well join a trade, drink till drink till you're old and then die. And like, I, I hate to say it, but it was almost that blunt of a conversation. We were told you were the stupid kid, so we're going to treat you like the stupid kid. And I find that, you know, it's funny. That was in the early 2000s. I find that, that stigma is still out there. I have a kid with ADHD right now. How do I make him smarter? It's like, you don't get how gifted your child can be if they understand themselves properly. And totally. for myself growing up, I believe that I'm the, like, we are the first generation of people that have felt the, the impact of social knowledge about something, but not good knowledge. They just know that when you have ADHD, you vibrate, you can't pay attention and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And what that led me to do was I drowned myself in ways to get away from that judgment, away from that stigma. And after high school, a big part of my story is I gained over a hundred pounds I, uh, I I was incredibly addicted to many different substances. I didn't do a lot of great stuff. I wasn't really a great dude. And uh, I ended up I ended up dating a girl that really helped me feed into this. And we both just did drugs every single day. We had a very rough relationship in that way. And things were difficult for a lot of my life. I did do exactly what my parents say, which I always think is the funniest thing. I did join a trade. I have my carpenter's license. <laughs> I have my, uh, my arbory degree. I was in landscape architecture for a number of years. And in that time, I just, I, I was okay. You know, physical labor, at least I was feeling okay after work. I was willing to do the work because of that physical strain that, as we now know, holistically helps people with ADHD so much. And I think everyone with ADHD, at least in their early years, should do something very physically straining for a career. I, I, I think it was such a good move on my part. Um, the interesting part, and I promise I, I won't try and make this too much longer. No, this is great. The um the the interesting part behind it all was when I started to realize what ADHD was and that I wasn't alone. 
I can tell you exactly where I was, what I was wearing, what I was holding in my hands at the time when I was looking for a diet. That's all I was on. I was I was just this, excuse the language, but I do refer to myself at past tense as fat. And, you know, I was just this, this fat, uncomfortable drug addict that was just trying to lose weight just for whatever reason. I didn't even know why. And I was looking for my 1,187th diet to go on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I ended up just typing it in on Spotify that just got podcasts as a, as an option. Um, so I think that that's really neat. And I was like, what's a podcast? Let me look. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I saw a podcast that said diet and ADHD. And I went, I'm the only one with ADHD. Why would there be a diet podcast on this? And mm-hmm. I clicked on it and it was just, I, I have no idea what the podcast was to this day, but it had, um, huge ADHD advocate, Peter Shankman, who's the host of the Faster yeah. Than Normal podcast and mm-hmm. a lot of other amazing things. And Peter was on there talking about people with ADHD have a difficulty with overeating, but there are certain things that you can do that can make it better because ADHD is incredible. And when he said ADHD is incredible, I feel like I acted the way that everyone else does when they first hear about ADHD in a positive light. I said, screw this guy. How dare you? How dare you ever say that ADHD is a good thing? How dare you say that I can do this? Do you have any idea what this has done to my life? And it became such a difficulty, but I just kept listening because I was like, how dare you, but go on. Mm-hmm. And it ended up putting me into this place where I started learning about the difference in what a little bit of physical strain does for you, what your gut health does to your brain, what getting a certain amount of dopamine in your brain does matters, how simplicity can help your life so much. So I listened and I started applying these things to my life and I couldn't believe the little changes that were going on. I was waking up just a smidge easier. I, I was able to get through my day just a little bit better, but I was still doing drugs, drink, drinking alcohol, doing all that kind of stuff. And the the day that changed my life and got me wanting to help others, wanting to understand things, I I, I will never forget this day. Once again, I, I can remember it so perfectly. It's insane. I was getting ready to do a bunch of drugs with my girlfriend at the time. And we, we were saying like, oh my God, just give me a couple of minutes. Let's just like get stuff together. Let's get some food together, whatever, get it, get ready for a good night. And uh, I told her, okay, uh, I I will be ready to do this in about 10 minutes, but Peter Shankman says I, can, I should take 10 minutes and organize my brain before I do anything. So I'm going to do some push-ups. I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to do all these little stupid things before doing drugs. What a ridiculous thought, isn't it? And this thing happened while I was sitting there in a stretch. I ended up realizing I was so tired that I passed out mm-hmm. before I could get high again, probably my first sober sleep in about six years. Wow. And I remember waking up and girlfriend's still sitting there high as hell on the, on the bed. She went, while well, he's asleep, I'm still doing it anyways. She went and did her own thing, which is great. I woke up and I looked at her and I looked around me and we lived in a terrible home. We lived in like f- food and clothing and stuff all over the place, hor- borderline hoarding style. I remember I walked over to the mirror and I noticed that my face was full of acne and I was way bigger than I remembered. I remembered myself a hundred pounds ago. I did not realize how how big I was getting and how how different I was looking. And I, I started bawling my eyes out. I had never realized, but I went, I, I'm sober and there's a reason right now. Oh my God. And that was the day I made a, a massive, very ADHD fashion, very impulsive decision. And I ended up leaving my girlfriend. I moved out of the house. I took nothing but a Bluetooth speaker and my dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I decided because at this point I had ruined the relationship with my family, ruined the relationship with a lot of my friends. I left everything to become homeless. 
I decided to live wow. in my car and I, I just, I started learning as, as a millennial, you know, even though I was homeless, of course I still had a cell phone. And uh, I, I decided to do the one very interesting hack that I never know if I want to promote, but I tend to talk about it quite a bit. Uh, I went and got a gym membership mm -hmm. and I used the gym to have internet access and to watch TV if I just went and walked on the treadmill and to shower. Those are like the three things I was using it for. Yeah. And um, I ended up going through my convulsions. I ended up going through a full sobriety journey. I went sober from ADHD medication, from alcohol, from different kinds of psychedelic drugs, from uh, cigarettes, from a lot of different things. And I do want to point out to anybody that's listening right now, I do not recommend what I did. I recommend seeing a doctor, figuring this out properly and making sure that you don't hurt yourself because the things that happened to me from just cold turkey on all of this is I have very, very severe asthma. Now I have a lot of interesting health issues, a lot of interesting anxiety issues that were never a part of my brain or my body before all of this. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely hurt myself in the process, but the, the interesting part was the journey that I went on throughout all of this, where whenever I had something that was wrong with me, it's interesting when I had problems with my ADHD, I found that there were, there were reasons Peter Shankman taught me and Dr. Kirsten Milliken taught me and Ned Hallowell taught me that with ADHD, there, there are reasons. So then I started Googling whenever I found reasons for my withdrawals. And I started Googling, why am I sweating right now? Why is my sweat so freezing cold? Why can I not stop shaking? Why can't I sleep tonight? And the, the obsession that came from all of this was I found out there's a reason for everything. Yeah. And if you look it up, if you, if you want to change something about yourself, you absolutely can. And this started what what is now a, a massive obsession over human behavior studies, neurobiology, positive psychology, and anything else I can ever get my hands on. I, I'm a massive I, I'm a massive promoter of positive self talk and motivating your, yourself every single day. And I I can't believe the difference in the life that it caused me. To this day, I've lost over 80 pounds to date. I'm completely sober in a very, very happy place. And uh, things are not perfect. And that's something I can always be honest about. But I cannot believe how good things are compared to back then. Mm -hmm. And th this led me to a life of wanting to help people. And I started just I started helping people for free. It's, it's the way that I started everything. And I, I was an ADHD coach for free for three years. I would just tell anyone wow. who wanted to talk about ADHD. I was just like, I'll talk to you. That sounds yeah. great. I, I would love to. And I want to tell you how cool ADHD is. Mm -hmm. And I talked to so many parents and so many amazing people. Some are some I'm still in contact with to this day. Yeah. And uh, that that was how I started my career throughout all of this. Obviously, there's a little bit more to the story when we get into the influencing and to yeah. the impact that I've had on this day. But that's the beginning. <laughs> that's, so. No, that's amazing. I mean, first of all, like, thank you for sharing all that. Like, just you sharing your story is I just feel like that's it's just helps so many people understand these different things and just know that they're not alone. Like you said, that's the first thing that kind of like struck you. You were like, wow, like other, this is, I'm not alone. You know, um, one of the things too, like for me too, I feel like it's almost therapeutic when I get to help someone like, and watch them, you know, as a coach or like whatever we get to see these, we get to see people connect the dots. And in the most selfish way, like it's, it's therapeutic for me because a lot of this is like, Oh, like this is what I wanted to understand at a younger age and whatever. It's just, it is the best feeling. And it's the most motivating thing to just like keep going and to just like build our confidence in knowing that 
we can work on these things and it's not all easy. And I mean, there's just so much I want to talk about that you talked about, but that's all like, that's amazing. I mean, thanks for sharing all that. So like, how did you get into kind of sharing this in the online space? So you were coaching, you were helping people already, like doing this for free, which I think is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and um, a very ADHD thing. Just oh, to, like, oh, yeah. wanting to like talk to people and help them understand this. I love it. Yeah, I do. I do want to point out my my favorite story is the first person that I ever coached uh, because I never meant for it to be anything. Uh, but I, I worked for a cell phone company at the time and I was just selling uh, like Roger's cell phones in Canada. And uh, and I remember this lady came in and she started crying in front of everyone. And I'm helping another another customer, but I see her in line and she starts crying. And uh, one of the people behind my desk, they were, they were like, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And she's like, I'm so sorry, guys. I just found out that my son got a diagnosis of ADHD. <laughs> and, and everyone kind of did like the stereotypical like... <gasps> <laughs> Everybody oh gasped. my god and, and here's my dumbass behind the counter i went awesome congratulations <laughs> i'm sure she loved that the death stare that went into my soul in that moment from this woman and yeah. i went no oh, no no please please understand like i have adhd and it's great when you figure things out and she went tell me more. And it ended, she ended up becoming one of my first ever like full-time clients. Again, free. I don't even know if I can call that a client. Um, yeah. But I was just like, can I talk to you about your son? Can I just tell you like what I've done as like a 20 year old? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, awesome. Ended up just blossoming into, at, at one point I had as high as 32 people a week that I would talk to. Wow. And 32 hours for free that I was spending. I was talking to these people at like two in the morning. I just wanted to. And that was it. I just, I loved it so much. I'm a talker and I just, I really, really loved it. And I had this huge passion for it. Yeah. And at the time I was in landscape architecture and I loved that job too. Making the world a more beautiful place is something I have a huge passion over. Um, but there ended up being, and I'm going to try and not over explain this part too much, um, but I ended up over explain as you need. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually training at the time. So I, I'm an accomplished marathon, an ultra marathon runner. And at the time I was training for a hundred kilometer race that I was going to run, um, which I believe is slightly over around 60 miles, something like that. <laughs> I was about to ask for the miles because I had no idea how much that is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was wild. And it was a very, very tough thing on top of, um, you know, working for 12 hours a day and all that kind of stuff. I was in landscape architecture and I loved working 12 hour days, just working hard with my hands, making the world a more beautiful place. I thought that, that was so awesome. And at the same time, because I'm a ridiculous person that goes way too hard at times and I recognize it, not going to stop that anytime soon. Um, I decided to start training for a hundred kilometer marathon race, which I did the math actually. And it's 62 miles. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I was oh planning God. on running that straight and doing like this wild, crazy thing. And the big reason is because people go, oh my God, when they hear about it. And that yep. just gets me so excited. That <laughs> that's the reaction I want forever is to know that I did something that make people, oh my God. So I was pushing myself. I was running like, you know, I was running 10, 15 miles after a 12 hour day, every single day. And I developed what I didn't realize would be very rough and very relevant in my life today. But I actually started developing something called stress-induced muscle seizing. And while I was out for one of the runs that I went for that night, my entire body tensed up to the point where I, I collapsed. And luckily enough, I was running with someone. And, uh, and they ended up actually having to call an ambulance for me. I had to go to the hospital. And I ended up getting two months off work. Um, because my body was just messed. I couldn't lift more than 10 pounds and it was, it was a really, really rough situation. Yeah. And in that time, 
I'll never forget because it gave me the blueprint to my life. Because in that time, not one person I worked with, I was a supervisor to a multi-million dollar company, tons of employees, not one person reached out to ask how I was doing over those two months. Nobody cared. Everybody thought I was just slacking off. Everybody thought that I just, I just wasn't wanting to come into work. But you know who did send me a message every day was every one of those ADHD clients that I, I was helping. Every one of those people that I was just taking the time out of my life to make sure that they have a better life. They, they would come to my door and just leave coffee and leave, you know, delicious snacks and everything. They'd never actually oh, come in, but they would just leave me food and they would do all these amazing things that just yeah. made me feel so special and so helpful. And during those two months of just sitting there twitching and talking to nurses and all this stuff, I decided I don't want to work with my hands anymore. I want to help people. I think I have a gift. I think I have the ability to help a lot of people and I want to do that. So once again, true ADHD fashion, I decided to quit my job before even having one paying client. Uh, and, uh, but you had what, 30, like 35, no, a lot of all, all the free ones, yes. And yeah, all them. truthfully speaking, let, let, let's be real. I think two of them actually ended up paying me a, mm -hmm. after that. Most of them said, well, I can't afford it. So I, I can't talk to you. And that was difficult. And it, it was a little bit disheartening, but I said, I want to make this my job. I want, yeah. I want to do this. I want to see what I can do. But for me, what was interesting is my ADHD people, I still kept them on. I, I, I still said, even if you're still free, I don't care. I'm not giving up on you, um, but I don't want an ADHD coach. That's not what I was trying to do. Cause at this point I'd lost over 80 pounds and I, I was this like amazing, strong person and I was super fit. So I was like, let's get into the health and fitness industry. And uh wasn't a great idea. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, most people don't, but it's, it's hilarious. And if you dig deep enough on Google, you will find it. Um, <laughs> But basically, I tried to become like a health and nutrition uh, specialist. And I tried, I tried becoming a mindset coach for a little while. Mm -hmm. And to get myself ready for this, I decided that I wanted to move to another part of Canada. Right now, I live in Ontario, and I tried to move down to British Columbia, which is the most beautiful place in all of Canada. Gorgeous mountains and tons of hiking and all that kind of stuff. And I had a friend who lived out there who was actually, he is a professional videographer, and he specializes under course creation for coaches. So I was like, oh my God, perfect. Maybe I can ask him about my new business that I'm trying to start. Yeah. And he was also an ultra marathon runner. So him and I went for like these massive hikes up in the mountains. And I'll never forget this one day. This one, I, I attribute so much to this. Adam, I love you with all my heart. Um, we were out for a run and I was telling him all about my business, all about my ideas. And he went, dude, can I be honest with you about something? And I said, yeah, man, of course. Like I really value your opinion. And he went, I don't care at all for any of the information that you're saying. It's all super generic. It, it, everyone talks like you and I don't think it's special. And I went, oh, <laughs> I was like, thanks, man. That's yeah, uh, what? <laughs> I just, I just upped and moved my life from about to, and I quit my well-paying job for this. And yeah. um, he said, but there's a but to this. He's like, do you realize how much you talk about ADHD? And I went, well, it's just because I have ADHD. And he went, no, no, no. Like you really, all of your health and fitness tips all relate back to your ADHD. All of your nutrition is all relating back to your ADHD. And he went, I think you should talk about ADHD. And I went, I, I don't know if anyone cares. And that was, that was truly my mentality. The only reason yeah. why I never got into ADHD work, even though I read about it, very well educated on it. I was like, I don't think anyone cares. And he went, I think someone will care if you do this. 
So I ended up finding an apartment out in BC, which was awesome. I moved or I, I flew back to Ontario to start packing up my things, let my landlord know that I was le leaving, all that kind of stuff. And I decided, you know what? Let me join that weird new platform called TikTok. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll like make a video and throw it on there since Adam says that this video would be an awesome idea. So I made one video while I was packing and then I just, I, I just put it up on the internet and then ignored it. My girlfriend at the time, she was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know. I just yeah. want to tell people with ADHD that they're pretty sweet. And um, the video, when I went to bed, it had 90 views on it. And yeah. I'll never forget looking uh -huh. at that video and going, that organic reach, 90 people already saw this is amazing. Yeah. I ended up waking up to that video at 180,000 views. Oh my God. And to this day, I believe it's at 2.3 million views. Yeah. Um, and I created an overnight coaching business. I actually had, I had thousands of DMs from people saying, can I pay you money? Can I know more? What's going on? And I went, I have no idea what to do. I started this business like yesterday. And <laughs> even though I had been yesterday. coaching. Yeah, literally yeah. yesterday. <laughs> and, and it was insane to me and I was super overwhelmed, but I just started answering everyone, mm -hmm. every single person. And I ended up getting like full-time, full, like I had 40 full-time clients within the first day of me starting this business. Wild. And it was, it was insane to me. I couldn't believe like the luck, the, the capability. And I went, I got to keep making these videos. I, mm -hmm. I, I got something here. I, I must, I, it must be something weird with the way that I talk with the way that I do. I don't know, but I got it. I got to take a shot. No, that's so cool. I mean, and it's just what's so amazing about social media too. And like also the fact that we all like, you know how you said at the beginning that like people, when they first hear that like, oh, ADHD is a strength. Like a lot of people have like a bad reaction to that. They're like, absolutely not. Right. Because people are in different stages of their journey and everything. And the coolest thing about having people like ourselves, in my opinion, who like are educated on the topic and also have the personal experience with ADHD is that like the people, like there's someone for everyone, you know, and like wherever people are at in that, in their journey, like there's someone that will speak to them. And so like, clearly in that one video, like you spoke to so many people that like knew like, okay, this person can help me. I want to learn more from him. Like that is the coolest thing. Like that's just <laughs> sick. I love it. That's so oh, cool man. though. It's so crazy to think about considering that was only yeah. like, that was two years ago. And the thing about everything that's happened since then has been mind blowing. Like yeah. I, I've gotten, yeah. I've gotten a chance to meet Peter Shankman. I've met Jessica McCabe. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to like hang out with some of like the biggest ADHD creators, authors, psychologists in the world. And I'm like all of this because a dude on a mountain told me to make, <laughs> make some ADHD content. And like, it's, it's the coolest. Yeah. It's such an unbelievable experience. And yeah, like the amount of us that have a story now, I think that is like in the next five years, the amount of people with ADHD that are going to figure out their brains mm -hmm. that have a story even more compelling than mine is, is insane. It you know, is. you know, it's, it's funny when I first started exactly what you were saying, like, especially two years ago, before ADHD was even trending on the internet. If you talked positively about ADHD, there were literally invalidating creators out there that were stopping anyone from talking positively. It was insane. Mm -hmm. The amount of people that were making videos about me saying that I was a terrible person and that I'm in this for the money and I'm just trying to take advantage of poor people, like, like poor unsuspecting people and all this kind of stuff. And Throughout all of that hatred, I remember seeing a Gary Vee speech once where he said, if you're talking positively, you're going to be hated because hatred is much more, much more popular than 
than positivity is. And it's the reason as to why positivity is not very much out there in content creation yeah. is because most of them get badgered to the point where they quit. And totally. Yeah. And we still get those comments, like those things you just listed, like all the time, you know, it's just ridiculously outnumbered or I should speak for like ridiculously outnumbered by all the amazing, like supportive comments and everything. But yeah, that is still a thing. And people are like, not okay with us viewing it the way that we view it, you know, which is Absolutely. so silly to me because it's a per very personal thing. You know, I, I, to a certain way, I have such empathy for those people though. Because I absolutely was that guy. You know, I was the drug addict, the overweight person, the guy that couldn't get off the couch. I, I couldn't do any of that kind of stuff. Like I say, I was in landscape architecture. I definitely got to work late every single day. I got screamed at constantly for years because my brain couldn't keep up with what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get it and I empathize with those that don't understand yet. But the beautiful part that I like, the passion that comes in the ADHD world for me is there has not been, I, I can't say one person that has hired me that sat down with me that hasn't been like, holy crap, this is easier than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Back to what you were saying about like empathizing with people who are in these other places of, you know, of their journey too. I, I feel the same way. Like, you know, we're not all going to be at the same place in our journey, but like, this is one of these things is like, when we have ADHD, when we have like an urge or like when we're ready to like better work through something to better understand it, like we know, like nothing will motivate us more than that, like interest that, that, you know, that purpose, that passion that we have, as opposed to like anyone else telling us, oh, you should do this. You should do this. So, like that doesn't work. What works is like when we have that drive to like change something, like we really have to lean into that. And so like, I say this with Sam, who's on the podcast, like, like for when people are ready for that, when they are ready to view it in this other way, you know, like we'll be here. And, and it's just like, it's, it's so valid wherever anyone's at in their journey. But yeah, there's a lot of people who like amazing people like you who are sharing their story and helping people understand this. And yeah, it's really empowering. It's the coolest thing. I know. I feel like so lucky to get to be a part of this space too. Like I'm excited to see just, I mean, already the comments on posts and just seeing like the sense of community and people understanding it like that's one of my favorite types of comments too like people will tag other people and they'll be like oh my gosh read all the comments like yes like yeah. the post spoke to them but then there's hundreds of people saying oh my gosh I experienced this exact same thing and it's just yeah. like the best feeling it's so cool the, the 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 sense of community around ADHD like yeah. I, I've always I've always kind of like strongly said ADHD is the quietest of the neurodiverse culture mm -hmm. and I think the biggest reason for that is because everyone has ADHD right that <laughs> you know that's the that's the number one argument that's the biggest thing that people scream about constantly yeah. but in in reality it's funny you know you're having difficulty reading you're having difficulty paying attention in class and then when you see this other person that goes oh my god i have adhd too doesn't it suck and then you see them interacting with others and you see them mm -hmm. still keeping up in class and you go wow i'm so much worse than them i better just keep quiet because there's got to be something extra wrong with me now right you know i i find that misdiagnosis or even the self-diagnosis that's out there it's it's so harmful to those that really don't understand and don't know how to understand yet. And it, it's creating this really quiet culture where all of a sudden we, we find this social media outlet and everyone's like, holy, there are thousands of people just as like, 
just as much struggling as I am, just as much like trying to go through this journey together. And that's why I created the journey to ADHD platform. That's why like, you know, that's why there's so many other amazing communities out there, so many amazing programs. And I love that. I love the wave of ADHD friendly things that are coming out there in the world. It's, it's miraculous, man. It's so cool. It is so many communities, so many resources. Um, okay, I have some like quick fire questions to end off that I thought would be fun. Are you ready? Wicked. I am terrified, but yes, ready. <laughs> they're like really, they're nothing. <laughs> Please don't be terrified. Okay, first thing. All right, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I had four eggs. I had a bagel with peanut butter and banana. And then I also had an apple and then I mixed that in with three different drinks. Not, not all into one glass, obviously three different <laughs> drinks separately. I drink a cup of coffee. I drink some veggie essentials to get some veggie supplements in me. And then I drink a full, uh, a full liter of water. I love that. You got to have, you got to have the one for hydration, one for caffeine, one for nutrients, all this stuff. Yep. I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, okay. This next one, I was going to, I could probably answer for you. F favorite form of exercise or movement, but now everyone knows. Running. Absolutely. Think, yeah, what? 62 miles, freaking wild. Um, all right. I didn't do that, by the way. COVID happened when, when that race was oh, supposed okay. to be, and then I totally went down. So I do plan to do that race eventually. Yeah. But uh, I, I haven't done it yet, which is upsetting. Yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. But I see you're like running. I see you talk about it on your stories and stuff. So you do that pretty often. Absolutely. Um, which is good. I'm, I love working out. It's a big part of me managing my anxiety and everything too so it's it's always been oh. really helpful um okay best adhd advice you've ever gotten hmm gotten i could tell you that i don't really have much that i've gotten before but the best adhd <laughs> advice that i love to give people is that there is an answer no matter what you're feeling whether it's executive functioning issues rejection sensitivity wondering how to communicate to someone there's an answer out there please don't think that you're alone please do the research because it's out there and you can better your life so good. I love that. Um, okay. Would your 12 year old self think that you're cool? <laughs> um, I hope so. That, that, that little guy, he's uh, he was weird. Uh, <laughs> let's say sure. Well, we were talking about this the other day when we were um, saying like, just with having like kind of a flexible schedule, like that our yeah. younger self would be like, oh, this would be so cool. Like knowing that, you know, we can kind of create our own schedule. Like that's really cool. My 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 twelve year old self will be stoked about the anime posters that I have behind me here. <laughs> That's about as far that. as we'd go. Twelve year old. Other than man. that, I'm sitting at a desk and talking into a microphone all day. I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Okay, and lastly, where can our listeners find you so that they can follow along with everything you're sharing, all the amazing things that you're doing? Absolutely, guys. So so my social handles online are either just at Matt Rakelboom or at Journey to ADHD on YouTube. Uh, on YouTube is where we're going to be producing long form content on really giving you guys detailed information on how to truly understand your brain. Other than that, if you want to get a hold of me, you can email Matt at journeytoadhd.com. Go to journeytoadhd.com and join the platform. I'd love to see you as a part of our family going on that journey yourself. Or you can just send me a message on Instagram or just uh, please comment on any of the videos that you see of mine. I appreciate it with all my heart. Amazing. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited for our listeners to hear this episode. It's, I think it's this, a really this great This was one. so wicked. Seriously, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into this episode of the Absolutely ADHD podcast. As I said before, you can find us on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. And 
go ahead and message us. Let us know what you want to hear more about. And don't forget to like, subscribe, give us a rating, all that good stuff so we can continue sharing this information with more amazing ADHDers. Thank you guys for listening and I hope you have a good week. Thank you.